Hello everybody and welcome back to episode 119 of the Everything Motor Racing Podcast. I hope you've had a great week as always. Um, I'm here with Lauren again. Hello. Hello everyone. After telling everyone that I wasn't going to be on the podcast until Christmas, this has aged quite badly because now Cameron has been busy (laughs) and I have had to be here on the podcast every week. So hard to disappoint everyone who wants to listen to Cameron instead of me. But I don't know why anyone wants to listen to that. But... Uh, just in case there might be one. Yeah, somebody out there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we've had, uh, I was going to say like a good race weekend, but mm, the race was... Mm. <laughs> um... The race yeah. was a race. It was a race. Yeah, it happened. Um, yeah. It, it did happen, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, it wasn't um, groundbreaking, but... No. It really wasn't, was it? I mean, I guess the big points are that Bangnaya beats Martin. Yeah. And Anea Bastianini. The Beast is back. Is back. Yeah. I mean, this is a thing I was thinking about, you know, and which is dangerous, as we know. We don't like me thinking because it is a bit of a scary thing to do. But I was thinking, by, not by now, what's his name? Bastianini. There we go, <laughs> finally. It's because I'm doing the predictions on the other screen and just typed out by now, so my brain I think, went, Yeah, I think, I think you need to start multitasking here because Declan yeah, has not... Yeah, I'm a man, we can't multitask. Yeah, he hasn't done the predictions from last week, so he hasn't got our um, numbers tallied up right. So he said before we yeah. started recording, I'm going to try and do that at the same time. So maybe just stop what you're doing. Yeah. And um, and make your st- point, yeah? Yeah, so, Bangnaya. No. <laughs> right, point. Here we go, right, point. Ignore the screen. Right, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> my point is, that second Ducati seat is a bit cursed, I think. And so, we saw a Bastini win a race, which is great. He won three races last year, which is fantastic. We're going to Qatar, which is also a great circuit for him this weekend so i'm hoping for some continued progress <clears throat> but it always seemed like the second ducati factory rider got a few wins but nowhere near the scope of the coveted number one rider in the team we saw it with jack miller he got i think two wins and then one win last year whereas bang Nye was winning five six seven races and it was nowhere near bastianini has done the same where he's won one race this year and that's it I know he's been injured and missed the first part of the season. It wasn't his fault. And then he got injured again at Catalonia. But in the spaces between that where he was kind of fit and healthy, he wasn't anywhere near the front. Whereas last year he was. And so I'm just wondering if that's a trend, basically. Well, I think last year the one thing that we did talk about with him as a weakness was his inconsistency. Because he yeah. really could have been in the title fight last year if... He'd been able to string together some more decent results, some more podiums and top five finishes. Whereas we didn't, well, I don't think we really saw that from him. I think this year we can pretty much just write it off in terms of injury. Mm. Very similar to um, Alex Rins. You know, both riders have had a win now, but have been nowhere the rest of the time because they've been injured. A few results here and there and a win each. And it's sort of just like, I don't know. It's it's opened the door for a lot of rumours regarding Jorge Martin 
and maybe mm-hmm. doing some sort of switch if Martin is to win the championship this year, basically because Ducati don't want a number one being run on a satellite bike. Yeah. Which is understandable. Which is fair. Mm. But in the same way... Yeah. It's like... The whole contract thing, like, and Aya deserves that seat because he's earned it. And then I'm not saying that but Martin doesn't deserve that seat and he hasn't earned it because this year he's been... Well, he's going to be almost certainly going to be the runner-up this year, but he's out of title contention now. It's just between them two for the championship. So it's almost certain that it will be Martin second in the championship. So ha- to have the one-two in red is great. It looks fantastic for Ducati, their shareholders. It looks fantastic for the sport to see the one-two in the championship in the same team, the same colours. But again, it, it's just like not really fair on Anaya, who's had a terrible year and hasn't really had the chance to show where he's at. Yeah, and... I suppose it's conflicting um, what you hear and who you hear it from as to what's going on inside the team. There has to have been conversations about it because, you know, we know that obviously they're not going to stop Jorge Martin from winning the championship. Like, if he wins it fair and square, he's going to win it. But there is a high chance that there's been a conversation had of if he wins it, that we're going to do this swap and put both, you know the one two in the championship from this year on the factory seats next year. Which would make yeah. sense, but it would it be very unfair for Anaya Bashanini. Although it, he would still be on a current spec bike. So I mm. suppose there's there's maybe something in there in contracts. I don't know. But I think Anaya deserves at least another full year in the factory squad to see whether or not he's cut out for it I think this year has been a complete write-off whereas you know Jorge Martin it's all good saying that he deserves it now but what if he's to get it and next year something happens to him or he gets the same thing happened last year yeah last year's inconsistent he just exactly which could happen to anyone because look at the likes of Ayagura who was so close to winning the championship in Moodle 2 last year and in now isn't even in the title fight so Mm. you don't know when you're going to be back up at the front again and it's quite bold to assume that if Jorge Martin wins it this year that he's going to be winning it again next year or being up there next year even though I don't say that but you know you never know in Mm. in motorbike racing yeah it's motorbike racing is so it's like with the predictions this year, we're like, oh, yeah, this rider's surely going to be on the podium. Like, you look at David Alonso and you're like, yeah, he'll surely be on the podium this weekend. Me and Cameron put him to win. You know, he's done so well the last few rounds and then he doesn't even make it past the open a few laps because he crashes out of the race. Exactly. And it's just unpredictability of motorcycle racing. No one could have predicted Fermin Aldegar doing the nuts things he's doing at the moment and winning pretty much every race. And the fact that Luca Marini's coming out and maybe going to Repsol. And you're, that's just motorbike racing for you, isn't it? It's so unpredictable. And But it's like and Mulanea Bastianini last year. Everyone, we even said it earlier this year. It's going to be a 1-2. It's going to be them two to the end of the championship. I can't see anybody else getting anywhere near them. And then Anaya, flipping sprint race, opening sprint race of the year, gets injured, bash. Whole whole entire season is just thrown out of the window, really. Yeah, motorsport likes to make its fans look like idiots anytime they try and predict mm-hmm. anything. 
Um, yep. The motorsport gods are looking down at us, laughing constantly. Of like, you idiots! Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you think You're you like, knew I it, can't but you, you, you don't. That. Yeah. yeah. Literally. Wild. But yeah, it's it's interesting, and I'm excited to see how it plays out. To be honest, because. Martin looks good. He's only he's only dropped one point to Bangnaia this weekend, which isn't horrendous. Obviously, yeah, Alex Marquez decided to come and play game. Was it one point or eleven? Were they were they eleven into the weekend or thirteen? I can't remember. I think it was thirteen into the weekend, and then the sprint race meant that it was then eleven. Eleven, but then and coming out of the it's fourteen now because Peck yeah. finished third and Martin was fourth. So yeah, so yeah, he's technically only dropped one point over the weekend. So we yeah. Really, that's not too bad with, what is it, 37 times 2 is 76, is that? I'm just going to actually do the actual math. 74. 74, yeah, there you go. <laughs> 74 Close. points on the table. Yeah, all it takes is one mistake from one of those riders, and it's a massive jump. And the thing is, it's if you win a main race... No matter where the person behind you finishes, even if it's Bangnaya, you gain five points on them instantly. Yeah. So if Martin picks out another win before the end of the year, that championship gap will be closed by five points regardless. Yeah. And at Qatar, where he's very good. Well, the last time we were at Qatar, Peko Bangnaya took out Jorge Martin. Which I know he is did. like a year and a half ago, but cast mm. your minds back, ladies and gentlemen. Like mm. that was spicy. So that was. They're and gonna then... have beef with each other. And you got to think as well. Ene Bastianini won at Qatar last year. His mm. only objective by Ducati will be beat Martin. That's it, really. Beat Martin. Stop Martin winning the race. Because if Martin yeah. wins the race, like I said, he gains five points regardless. Yeah. So if Anea can be there, it would it's damage limitation. Even if Martin's second and Bainaya's third, it's now four points. And with the margins yeah. this close, as we saw in BSB this year, you can win a championship by half a point. So every point at this stage of the season matters. And... I'm very intrigued as well how the games are going to play with Ducati because as we saw in the sprint race, Anea was all over Bagnaia. Anea well and truly could have taken third place from Bagnaia, but he didn't. He did his job. He sat behind his teammate and ensured his teammate got a few extra points, a few more points that helped him in his championship fight because if those if Anea had overtaken Bagnaia, we could be talking about maybe in a... 11 point deficit now and Martin has gained yeah I think I don't think there's team orders as such which is such a I hate talking about it because we talked mm. about it last year too at this point in the championship I don't think there is team orders as such but I think in that situation Inea Bashanini's going I don't want to make a silly move here on my teammate or get tangled up or do something and we both crash out, we both don't score points, whatever it is, you know, you have to be very, very confident that you're going to make a clean overtake and that's probably why he didn't. Plus, it's not his championship to get involved in. You know, if he was, say, 17 points back, you know, and still involved in it and he was mm. going for it, he 100% would have made, yeah, yeah. made the move. But that's why he, come race day on Sunday, 
just was last on the brakes and went, do you know what, I'm going to check out and not be involved in this and I'm going to go out and win the race and then I don't have to worry about where my teammate finishes. So, mm. I mean, it's smart from him. Of There's not exactly team orders, but there's a way to sort of help each other out. And yeah, I think that's he did. It. Yeah, he definitely did him a favour there. And at the end of the day, Anaya, with all these rumours of Anaya and Martin swapping places, if Anaya can do the, his best to stay in the good books, a Ducati, then. Well, yeah, because if can, if he can win the next two races and say Pecco second or third and Martin say third or fourth, and finishes behind Pecco, stopping Martin from winning the races is going to be Ducati's main priority, and it doesn't matter if it's Pecco or Anaya doing that. Hmm. So. Yeah, it doesn't matter at all, does it? No, but um. Yeah, onto some different talk. They're talking about seat swapping. There's a lot of talk at the moment about Mr. Luca Marini moving it to the Repsol Honda squad. It has to be happening. Well, did you hear what Carlo Pernat said? No. I'm not sure if I put it in the chat, so this might be news to you. I'm going to try and find the message quickly, and if I can't find the next 10 seconds, then I'll just go from memory. Got it. Right. So, Pernat has said that Luca Marini, obviously this is Pernat, so, yeah. He was the one who also said that Abelino will be racing for Grissini next year. Um, obviously, that's not happened. And then yeah. he also said that Abelino will be racing for Epsil Honda. That's not happening. So, <laughs> Pernat has said that Luca Marini is no longer training with the Academy boys and that he's been wanting to get away from the VR46 team for some time. And he has jumped at the chance to go to Repsol Honda. Apparently, this has caused displeasure in the Academy boys and can be seen by Bezzetti's face after asking him a question about the possibility of not seeing Luca Marini as a box mate. Box mate, I assume they mean teammate anymore. A Pissarro newspaper has also revealed that Marini no long Marini no longer lives in Tavulia in the house owned by Valentino. I mean, I don't want to speculate what's going on in his personal life. The man did get married this year. Yeah, like if he wants to move out, <laughs> move out, bro. <laughs> and he's not if he's attached moved... to his brother, brother's head. Yeah, yeah, but it's an interesting one that if that is true, that he's then deciding that's why he's then deciding to maybe move out of the VR46 supported team into Repsol Honda, which is like the enemy, if anything. And Valentino Rossi himself posted a little photo on Instagram the other day of him back when he was in the Repsol colours as yeah, well. Yeah, but Instagram. it was like 20 years since he'd won the championship yeah. on that bike, which I was going, mm. yeah, it's coincidental timing. But then the official VR46, like, I don't know if it's a fan page, whatever it is on Twitter. Is it was Box 46? Pictures. Yeah, Box 46. Bo- it's, it's a yeah. fan page, yeah. Yeah, but they were posting pictures of um, Luca Marini and Repsol yeah. and others, which everyone was tweeting about today too. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't want to speculate that it's like a falling out and that he wants to get rid of like being part of the academy. I never even thought of anything along those lines. I, I simply just thought it was a he wants to, he wants to be that rider to make the Repsol Honda work you know mm. there has to be riders on the grid that are sort of sitting there going oh do you know what give me a chance on that and I probably could but have contracts don't want to buy themselves out you know or are waiting mm. around for it like there has to be riders that are going I can be the one 
that can fix these problems. Because think if you do, how much of a legend you're going to be if you can turn or help turn Repsol Honda around. around. Yeah, because so, he said that he said he wants to build a bike around himself because he, he's riding the Ducati, which is the best bike. But he wants a bike built around his riding style. And as a factory rider, you get that opportunity. And I think as well, we're hearing this more now from more Ducati riders about wanting to have a bike that's more around you rather than just a whole, like a user-friendly, we'll stick eight riders on it and just, yep, you have to ride that. You know, Fabio DiGiantonio only a couple of weeks ago made some drastic changes and all of mm. a sudden he's up on the podium and having some of the best results of his life. And now we're mm. hearing similar from Luca Marini. Like, maybe it's sort of going to hinder Ducati a bit that people want to make changes or maybe want to do something slightly different that could help them win races and Ducati are maybe saying no because they want Peko, obviously, to be the one. Or Enea, if he was up there and fit. They want their factory team to be the ones winning the championship and dominating. Mm. And then they want the rest of their guys' podiums, top fives, top tens. And if everyone can change the bike to the way that they want it, then that would hinder the factory team being on top. Yeah, it would, yeah. I speculate that a bit better than personal stuff. Yeah, I think so. Because I think maybe for Luca Marini as well, it's a case of getting out of Rossi's shadow as well. I think he's very safe and comfortable in that environment of his brother's team and everyone always goes, oh, he's Rossi's brother, he's Rossi's brother. And Alex Marquez has kind of just gone, yeah, whatever, like, and just kind of dealt with it a little bit. But he's had accepted that, it. But he's had that luck of knowing that Mark's followed him mm. to Ducati and now it's like, whoa, he's, Mark's going to join his brother Alex and people are going you know, following in Alex's footsteps. Um, mm. So he's managed to sort of brush that off a little bit, and especially with his performances this weekend, I'm sure Mark's rubbing his hands together. Oh, yeah, 100%. But it's an interesting one. And then there's the rumours that his replacement, Marini's replacement, will be Fermin Aldeguer. Which random. I get, because he's done quite well, and like I keep saying about the fact that he might finish third in the championship, and the fact that he's... Now only 20 points behind Jake Dixon. You know, if he outscores Jake in the next two Grand Prix by 10 points a race, which is, we did it just the weekend just gone, he could easily finish third in the championship. You know, if he wins the last two races, he could finish third in the championship quite easily. But his contract with Bosco Scuro is very watertight. It's very hard for him to get out of. I don't know what the terms are, but... There's a rumour that, again, it's a rumour, take it with a pinch of salt, please, for the love of God, <laughs> that uh, Alonso Lopez won't retain his seat for next year, which means that he, Luca Boscoscura, might want to keep Furman at least for some continuity. Yeah. Uh, I've just seen Swinksy actually on Twitter post a photo of Digia back on the speed up, and I was like, oh, she said about the triangle, because they can all just swap around a little bit. And no. move around. <laughs> I don't <laughs> know about that. I did hear something else about the fact that if Fermin can't get out of his contract and go to MotoGP, that it could be Digia that takes that seat, uh, the Mooney VR46 squad, which I wouldn't be mad about. No, to be fair, it makes 
it makes more sense Digio going because he's already mm. in Moto GP and he's the only one without a, a ride at this point. I can't believe um, he's not got a seat. <laughs> I know, I know, it's wild. <laughs> when you throw Mark Marquez in the mix, deciding to, you know, go against the green, obviously it's going to mm. upset a few people on the grid. But yeah, Digio going to the VR46 team makes more sense in my head. Um, I just think, you know, Italian... Uh, rides a very yeah, rides a very similar bike obviously it would just be a step across you know yeah and he's proven that he can ride it um so that makes sense for me hmm. yes because of the talent and obviously he's been linked to the the Repsol Honda ride and he's been linked to Moto GP ever since he came into Moto 2 you know hmm. since he's been like 15 16 years old like for means path to Moto GP is gonna happen i just don't think this is the way that it's gonna happen um no and that's okay he's still 19 yeah. he's only 18 is he 18 oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um so yeah i i as much as i would love to see him in Muno gp i just don't think that it's his time to go yet i think mm. his performances this year have been unbelievable but imagine he could go out and win the championship in Moodle 2 next year, similar to Pedro Costa, then you open everyone's doors and you're going to have everyone on the phone rather than maybe, maybe one seat in Moodle GP. You could open the doors next year to literally every single team that you wanted next year. Yeah, exactly. When all the contracts are up, like you've mentioned, you know, like yeah. why, why have a chance at everyone? Why wait? No, just wait next year and have a chance at everybody and have a chance at every... And with maybe a world championship in your back pocket as well. Exactly, which would help. Which I know is a bit hypocritical because obviously the likes of Aaron Cannett, Joe Roberts, all had opportunities, didn't take them. And now we're going, mm. oh, why did they not take that GP opportunity? Um, I think with Fermin, what he showed us is a little step up. So, yeah. I don't know, if he fully believes that he could step on the bike and make it work and can get out of his contract then why not but mm. you know you're he's 18 years old it's you've There's got no to think about it i know yeah and the thing is with joe roberts and can it like they had their chances but they weren't performing anywhere near as well no. as Furman is at the moment and don't have anywhere near the cv that Furman has because obviously can it has won multiple races in moto three and can it would be a great candidate if you include that but then in Moto2, it's not really kind of translated as well as it has for Furman, who's gone and nearly did a perfect season in the FIMCV and then came over to the World Championship. It was a was pole position as a rookie. And then I think he's the youngest ever. He's either the youngest ever or second youngest ever after Lorenzo pole, pole setter. I can't remember which way it was. Oh, yeah, then, I remember. Yeah, I remember it, though. But clearly yeah, not well remember. enough to know which yeah. way it was. <laughs> yeah, and he's performing it's not like he's doing okay here there and everywhere like robert's got a few podiums and then people are like, oh Prillia are doing it whereas Furman's winning races against pedro costa on a speed up <laughs> yeah it's, it's it speaks for itself i think yeah so i think he's got mm. the luxury that maybe those other riders didn't have i just don't want to sound like yeah. a hypocrite when i'm saying oh he should wait because i know we've had loads of conversations about other riders mm. who should have jumped at the the nine missed opportunities but with Fermin I think he's lucky that he's 18 and he's sort of got the powers in his hands which is a mm. good place to be yeah oh it definitely is it absolutely is 
Um, another thing I want to talk about with contracts is, unfortunately, Roy Skinner. I've just seen Dave as well as off, from Off Track Podcast. He did just a tweet then as well. Basically, the rumours are flying around over the weekend at Sepang, but Roy Skinner, uh, his contract, halfway through his contract, he has been let go by American Racing and replaced by Marcos Ramirez, which... I get both sides. Marcos Ramirez just got a podium. He brings money to the team as well. He gets the results. He's been doing really well this year since he hopped back on that Calex. And for business sense, it makes sense because Roy was at the back. Sean Dillon Kelly was at the back. But in the same way, morally, it's just wrong to boot SDK out halfway through his contract. Boot SDK out as a rookie after 15 Grand Prix. He's been injured after some of them. And it just shows everything that's wrong with a sport when riders can't retain a seat just because of results when you've dragged them from a national championship into a world championship and expecting them to perform as well as the rest of them. It's just not right. And unfortunately, it is the people who run the American racing team. It's very typical of these people, unfortunately. Yeah, and I think people need to remember that it's not the whole team. This is a conversation mm-hmm. me and you obviously had but before we started recording. Like, this comes down to, you know, like, one team boss or whoever um, mm. makes those decisions. It's, it's maybe one it's or fully two people. only the team boss. Yeah, yeah, has sat down and, and made that decision. Um, because they'd been involved in controversy earlier this year, I was naive enough to think that they wouldn't do it again. Just knowing that, you know, obviously John Hopkins as well, um, being the racing director of the team, I think his title is, um, mm. and how he sort of campaigned to get Rory brought into this championship, I, again, was very naive in thinking that was enough security for him. And the fact that he had a, a signed contract, which apparently means nothing in Moodle 2. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, we were all naive in thinking that, when I heard these rumours that he was going to be safe, I'm thinking, do you know what, in his rookie season, after everything he's been dealt out in his rookie season, he deserves another year at it. And, yeah, not even 24 hours later, we're now hearing that that Marcos is getting the seat. And I don't want to sound sore because I fully think that Marcos deserves a seat in the Moto2 grid next year. Hmm. Um, but when you'd already signed Joe Roberts and you have Roy Skinner on a two-year contract, it's just not fair at all. Yeah. Um, and I think there's not. plenty of teams out there, you know, we've talked about the fact that there might be seats at the likes of Speed Up. Marcos is literally putting in podium finishes. You know, the doors are going to be open a little bit more for Marcos, whereas with Rory, the doors aren't going to be open because he is at the back of the grid because he's still learning. Um. So I think, yeah, it's just really annoying to see that Again, a rookie has just been completely shafted. I hope mm. that he gets another seat. I struggle to see how yeah, and where that's going to happen. And Unless Donna step in, I can't see it. Yeah, and you're just going, that's a rider's career. Not ruined. It's not that dramatic, but there's potential that it could be. Because yeah. where's he going to go? You know, you look back yeah. at BSB and there's so many um, seats there all confirmed. And it's it makes it very difficult for a rider two races to go in a season this late in the season yeah yeah all the rest of the championships are tied up and you're going oh well actually you're right even though yeah. we told you you had security for next year and you know what the worst part about it all is the fact that 
the team signed Marcos Ramirez for next year before telling Rory he was out of a seat. Like, where are your morals? <laughs> it's just, yeah, it is so annoying. And, like, it's just because they've been involved in controversy already this year with Sean Dillon Kelly. And, obviously, we don't know exactly how both scenarios have gone down when mm. you put when you open yourself up like that um, in kicking two riders out halfway through their contracts. You have to mm. expect that you're going to get hate back which i know yeah. people shouldn't do i want to make that very clear and you made it clear in your post too that yeah. people should not be leaving like really really horrible com- comments about the team and stuff like that mm. um yeah because at the end of the day it's not the social media manager's fault no. if you want to if you want to get anybody go at blooming eaton bitball the team manager who has yeah. made the decision don't go at, you know, Matt and Josie who run the social media accounts because it's not their fault. <laughs> yeah, and they're just doing their job, which is to put out a press release. Um, yeah. Which has been worded very well, and I'm sure they'll address everything um, that needs to be addressed in the coming days. You know, mm. I thought that they handled the situation with Sean Dillon Kelly well from a, a, a press point of view and their job of running the social medias. They did exactly what they had to do, so they're going to do the same again. And, yeah, it's not the admin's fault or any any mechanic or anyone who works within the team. It's not their fault that this has happened. No, exactly. And Or Marcos as well. Yeah, or Marcos's fault. It's not his fault. I do think it's not funny as such, but it is quite... You go on about, like, the butterfly effect... Sean yeah. Dylan Kelly getting his little arm pump problem has led to Rory and and Sean Dylan Kelly both losing their seats. Because if he had never had the arm pump and gone for that operation, he would never have been replaced by Marcos Ramirez and then never had the issue of... I don't know if I can talk about it. Have I talked about it before? I'm not sure. But the issue that meant that Sean couldn't come back, I'll word it as. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, never had the issue of then... Rory getting kicked out because they were like, oh, Marcus Ramirez is actually doing quite well. <laughs> Just because she wanted an arm bump. Do you <laughs> know what? Two riders yeah. get kicked out. <laughs> For Marcos, I'm Mad. chuffed because when he came into the team, it was very much of... He deserves to see. Fully, and he sort of... That's why they brought him in because he said, look, I'm going to give you guys results. And they went, mm. okay. And it was initially a bit sketchy at the start. Yeah. I say sketchy, but I mean, he literally only jumped on the bike and then what's this within sort of six, seven races? Mm. Maybe more than that now. Um, He's completely turned the bike around and showed that it has potential. Um, So yeah, Mm. when you look at it from Marcos's perspective, I'm going, that's great. I'm so glad you've got something for next year because you fully deserve it. He's been racing so well this year all things considered because you have to imagine he's swapped bikes he's come into American racing team with big talk and expectations mm. on his shoulders and he's answered every single one of them every every single doubt has now been silenced yeah exactly yeah it's nuts isn't it and it's just it's just a bad thing about the sport isn't it like it's just the worst part about the sport isn't it yeah, I hate that we have to talk about it. Yeah, me too. And it's not fair on the riders. Because like you said, it's such late so late in the season. Rory 
has probably already been like, well, I'm racing in next year in Motor 2, so why would I even think about talking to other teams for a contract? Because I'm signed up for next year, and then all of a sudden it's like, I think it was at Sepang, maybe a bit earlier, that they were like, oh yeah, by the way, you're out of the squad. And he's like, great, so... (laughs) He's now yeah. going to try and find a seat somewhere. It's ruining Ryder's career. Like, Sean Delicelli's had some opportunities. Max Toth was very lucky and to get an AGR test and now race for AGR next year in the Junior GP Motor 2 class. But Sean, no idea what he's going to do next year. Rory, no idea because it's so late in the season. It's just, yeah, it's sad. Yeah, and yeah, it's the not pretty side of motorsport. And no, it's unfortunate. It's and yeah, I'm really annoyed that all these crazy rumours this year, even mm. the, the bad ones like this, have all come true. Because yeah. it takes away from the racing, which I know yeah. wasn't the most exciting this weekend, but I hate that mm. it's what we have to talk about rather than what's happened on track. Yeah, it is a shame, isn't it? It is sad. Um, I'm trying to keep this podcast a bit short, by the way. So. <laughs> We're going to go into some more information. Firstly, the fact that Mark Marquez has had matched Darren Binder's record of 27 crashes in a season, which is mental. Did he not and say... And set a new personal record. Did he not say that he had to set some sort of record this season? Yeah, he did, which is quite <laughs> funny. <laughs> Repsol Honda had 50 crashes. 27 for Mark, 23 for Mir. Like, if anybody needs proof that that bike is unrideable, that's your proof. Do you know who else has had 23 crashes? Who? Aaron Cannon. Oh, that shocks me, actually. Yeah. That surprises me. I can't remember Alicia Spargo with four on Friday is probably gone in for that record <laughs> yeah, as well. Up there now, yeah. God damn. <laughs> Davin yeah, Alonso, that's... too. Mm, he's had a lot of crashes this year, to be fair. And yeah, um... Also, as well, Icola Corona performing better than Bautista. I believe Bautista was injured. I am annoyed about this one, actually. Because, one, he made us look silly. Because, at least I only said top ten. You said top five. Yeah, top five. Idiot. Um, (laughs) We look like the dumbest people on earth. Maybe we should stop podcasting because we clearly know nothing. Um, And then number two... He doesn't say anything all weekend and then comes out after the race is over and goes, oh, I can finally say that I actually was struggling with an injury all weekend. And it's like, eh? Why would you Mm. not just start the weekend by telling everyone that you had an injury and then we wouldn't have any expectations? Yeah, exactly. But our expectations were high because he's a World Superbike champion, of course. It's just, it's unlucky that he got injured at the, the Hareth test. Maybe it's an excuse. Maybe you wouldn't have said it at all if he was fifth place. I don't want to say it as an excuse, but it's really annoyed me. Yeah, and the fact that Lacrona was ahead of him, considering that Bautista was showing top five pace at the Mazzano test as well. Yep. It's 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 weird. It is weird how bad he was. I say bad. He'd murk obviously all of Oslo on a motorbike, and he's still a three-time world champion. But the fact yeah. that Lacrona beat him. Yep, who's nowhere near him in World Superbikes. Yeah, it's, it's, if anything, it shows the incredible talent that the Corona shows 
or possesses to beat him on a shitty Honda and beat a Ducati that's the best GP23 as well. Just shows really how good Lacrona is as well. But yeah, it's just nuts to see him that far back. It just it annoyed me because I'm just going to say it annoyed me. Um, I think as well because he had so much hype around him coming into this weekend. Like we have talked about Batista racing at Malaysia like since it's been announced. At, mm. You know, we've dropped it into how many podcast episodes in the run Quite up to it. So. Yeah. It's just disappointing that it's another weekend of sort of going, mm, the on-track action wasn't great. Yeah. We have to talk about sort of mind games and contract talks to sort of bulk yeah. up what's actually happened on track. And I think Batista mm. not showing exactly what he maybe could have is, yeah. it adds that. And it's really, yeah, it's not good. Yeah, yeah, it's really not good at all. I was going to say annoying again. <laughs> Take a shot mm. every time I say I'm annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> moving on as well to the greatest rider of all time oh, <laughs> being crowned the moto 2 world champion it's a really good thing that happened this weekend yeah really well it's like it was always gonna happen really for pedro but it's like insane to think that a rider has come in and won two world titles in three seasons and they were like Oh, on the thing, I don't know if you saw the official celebration, they were like, oh, a rough year for last year. A difficult year. Yeah, I'm like, bro, he was a rookie. He won races. He He broke broke his his leg. leg. (laughs) (laughs) And he still finished fifth overall and won races. Like, what? I was like, if if that's a difficult year, (laughs) then bloody hell. (laughs) Yeah, I don't want to see it any worse than that if that's a difficult year. God, yeah. (laughs) But yeah, he's the first rider to win the Rebel Rookies. Motor 3 World Championship and the Motor 2 World Championship as well. He's very much a KTM and Red Bull man these days. Pretty much cut him open and he bleeds orange, well, red next year. But <laughs> yeah. He has to have an Akiyo tattoo on him somewhere. <laughs> yeah, surely. It's just And the fact that now, what, the IO Motor 2 squad are three-time, three-time consecutive Motor 2 champions as well. Is crazy. <laughs> Call it now, Dennis Anchi will win it next year. Um, I was going to say, like, <laughs> can we see Vietti or Anchi win it next year? Oh I'm my god, sure. I forgot Vietti. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I'm like, that, yeah. can they win it next year? I'm not sure. Thing is, I want to say about Vietti as well. It kind of sucks that Vietti's out of lull in form because he would have surely been a marking for that Mooney VR46 seat if Marini was to leave. Yeah, 100%. But, He's not performing. Well, it's still got an IO seat, so... Yeah, that's true. That is very true. I mean, <laughs> can't complain with that. <laughs> it's literally the best seat in Moodle 2, so... Yeah, exactly. But yeah, and then in Moto 3, uh, <laughs> Alonso caused a bit of chaos. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Danny Holgado, I don't know, will be very friendly with him after that. No, I don't um, think so, yeah. Yeah, for Sato as well. It's a big shame, and obviously Rossi. It does yeah. mean that Hogado and Alonso are 41 points back. They're not fully out of it, but they're kind of out of it. Yeah, it They do mean... have next year in Moto3, but... Yeah, it would mean crashes from Messi and Sasaki in the next two races, and I just I don't see it happening somehow. No, I don't. I don't. I think it's going to be between them two of the championship now. Sasaki, as well, wasn't too happy with Vaya. I mean... Pff- Fair play to Vaya for winning his first Moto3 race as a rookie. Yeah. Very impressive. Very impressive. 
But I can see why Sasaki would have been annoyed because firstly Sasaki hasn't scored a blooming win all year long. <laughs> and you know, that is thirteen points back. He would have been eight points back if he'd won that race. What's your opinion on it though? Do you think that Vyra should have let him win the race? No, it's bloody racing. Thank it's God. Racing. Okay. <laughs> you had me worried there for a second. No. Like okay. it's racing. You're there. The may may the best man or woman win. You know, if you're what? not winning the race, it's your own fault. <laughs> What's that Santa quote? It's like if you don't go for a gap. If you no longer go for a gap, you're no longer a racing driver. There you go. Yeah. yeah. I think that would have been the case with Colin Var. I mean, the, the lad's mm-hmm. 18 years old. He's in a position yeah. where he can get his first Grand Prix win. And you're As telling a rookie. Me, yeah. And you're telling me that Ayumu Suzaki is in his after race interview saying that he looked up to the TV, saw his teammate was behind him and thought, oh, I have nothing to worry about here. Are you mm. mad? Are you nuts? This is Moto 3, bro. <laughs> Every man or woman for themselves. I'm like, you know? if, if you saw Dennis Onchu, that was imagine Dennis Onchu was in third place, but your your teammate was still in second. You think Dennis Onchu's not going to make that move on your teammate and then make the exact same one on you? Yeah. <laughs> like it's right. It's they're not going to have team orders. Well, I'm wondering now if there's been a conversation because the the team didn't look exactly ecstatic with Colin winning the race. No, they didn't. It was a bit weird, but yeah, yeah, it would have been 8 points between them and now it's only 13, but it's only 13 points. All it takes is Sasaki to win a race and Mazia to finish third and there's a 9-point gap in there. That's all it takes. It takes nothing. But that's the key. He hasn't won a race this year, and I can't see him winning the championship without him winning a race. I've been badgering yeah, on about to. it for so many weeks now. Yeah, and that Thailand crash and DNF there as well, and the terrible race at Indonesia really have screwed him. If there's anything to look at, it's them two, not your teammate winning his first Grand Prix. Ah, uh, yeah, that that stunned me a bit to think that there's the possibility of team orders in Moto Three. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. But then I'm on, just, oh, go ahead. No, Karen, Karen, Karen. <laughs> I was just going to say, on the flip side, if there hasn't been a conversation and Suzaki just automatically thought that his teammate was going to sit behind him, that's another yeah. weird one. That would be very weird. Like he's yeah. just assumed. Yeah, he's like, well, I'm going to win championships. So why aren't you doing that? Yeah. Weird. I just realised as well, the first Honda in the championship is 12th in Moto3. That's nuts. The second? Wait, oh yeah, I forgot the bloody Mercedes on the Honda. He's leading it. Oh, well done, Declan. Big brain time. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Flipping heck. Right, we'll probably go on to the predictions then after that malarkey. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think people are going to swiftly <laughs> unfollow this podcast if we keep yeah, going on. Well, if I keep going on. But yeah, so... Yeah. I'm going to quickly run through Sepang and then we'll do Qatar. I've already got yours and Cameron's, so that saves some time. Yep. So, Sepang. Going into it, I lead with 299. Cameron second, 292. Lauren with 182 in third. So, Moto3, it was Mazia Pole. I went Onshu. Cameron went Sasaki, Lauren Munoz. In the race, it was Via Sasaki, Mazia. I went Alonso, Sasaki, Mazia. So, I get 10 points. Cameron went Alonso Mazia Sasaki, so he gets two points. Oh! You picked the wrong order. And Lauren went Mazia Holgado Alonso, so you get a point. Oh, that's disappointing. 
Yeah, in Moto 2, Aldegay got pole. Me and Cameron went Acosta pole. Lauren Canet. In the race, it was Aldegay, Acosta, Ramirez. I went Acosta, Gonzalez, Dixon, one point. Cameron went Acosta, Canet, Aldegay, so he gets two points. And you went Acosta, Abelino, Gonzalez, you get a point. Mm. In MotoGP, Bagnaia got pole. And then me and Cameron went Martin, Lauren Bazzecchi. In the sprint race, it was Alex Marquez <laughs> who oh, won. <laughs> we went Martin. <laughs> and in the main race, it was Bastianini, Marquez and Bagnaia. I went Martin, Bagnaia, Binder. So I get a point. Cameron went Bazzecchi, Martin, Bagnaia. You went Martin, Bazzecchi, Bagnaia. So you also get five points along with Cameron. Ooh. So leaving Sapang I lead with 311 Cameron with 301 and you with 189 I think we should stop reading my points out at this point yeah it's probably a good idea <laughs> <laughs> is there any so, need? <laughs> mm, so with these predictions do you want to change yours at all or are you okay Um, let me get them back up again because shock Um, I thought about them this week and wow, that's a, that is a shock. I know. Let me see. No, I want to keep them the same. Okay. So I'll go through them in a sec. I'm just going to put Cameron's Motor 3 ones in. And you can read yours out obviously as we go through. So, okay. Motor 3 pole position, I'm going to go for, because I'm the only one who hasn't actually picked anyone yet. I'll go with Sasaki. Cameron's gone Mazia. And who, you've, who have you gone for? I'm going to go with Alan Chu. Um, you do know you can think about this beforehand. I know it's taken me quite a while to realise this, but... Yeah, but I don't have time. <laughs> Mondays are crazy for me when we record. I'm like, home, gym, back here, chaos, and then do the podcast. And I just don't, yeah, have time. Yeah, guys, it is 20 past 10 as we're recording this. Yeah. <laughs> Which may be why <laughs> it's been a bit delirious. Yeah, but it's always lots of charm, isn't it? <laughs> Third in Moto3, I'm going to go for... On shoe, Cameron's gone Mazia, and you're going to go far. I'm also going to go with Mazia. Nice. Okay. So in second place, I am going to go for Mazia. Cameron's gone Via, and you're going to go for Danny Holgado. Oh, Holgado. Okay. And for the win, I'm going to go with Sasaki. Cameron's <sighs> gone Sasaki. You're going to go for? I'm going to go with David Alonso. <laughs> oh, nice. I like that one. To be fair. That's a good one. That's a good one. So, me and Cameron are going to go the same pole position in Moto 2 of Fermin Aldeguer. A solid choice, yeah. And you're going with? I'm going to go with Jake Dixon. <laughs> oh, that's a wild card. <laughs> I don't know why. I just... I don't know. I think, actually, I was scrolling through Instagram at the time. I was thinking about it and seeing a picture of him. I was like, yep. You're like, yes, I'll that, do That'll do. Yeah, do you see Danny Buchan joined him at the weekend as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Danny Buchan and Jake. I remember when they were in BSB together and they were like besties and then Fabio took over Jake and Danny was like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> that was very funny. Needs his friend back. Mm, he does. So, third place in Motor 2. I'm going to go for... Gonzalez, because he got robbed this weekend. Oh, Got him, really. I know. Yeah. Cameron went Aldegar, and you're going to go for? I'm going to go with Jake Dixon. He loves that third place, Dixon. He does, he, yeah. 
He does indeed. So, second place. I'm going to go with Can It. No, not Can It. Oh, I've already said it, haven't I? Can I change it? <laughs> what were you going to change it to? Acosta. No, you can't change it. Okay, Can It. <laughs> okay. Cameron's going Acosta and you're going to go for... <laughs> I'm going to go for Firmino Aldegar. <laughs> nice. To be fair, Can It in second place isn't exactly the worst choice in the world. Yeah, it's pretty accurate. It's Pretty accurate, yeah, yeah. If, uh, if we go on statistics. So for the win, I'm going to go Aldia. Cameron's gone Canet, which is quite controversial. Yeah, because he called me out for having Dixon for a poll. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I'm sorry, you can't Canet for the win. I don't know who's more yeah. out there. Um, good, bro. <laughs> literally. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Pedro for the win. Nice. Fresh crown champion. So, yeah. MotoGP poll. I'm going to go with Martin because he got... He'll do quite well, I think. Yes, I've also gone Martin, Paul. Nice. And Cameron has gone Bagnaia. Sprint race win. I'm going to go Martin again. Cameron has gone for Martin and you're going to go for... Martin. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> wow, we're so original, aren't Yikes. we? Wow, jeez. <laughs> well, Cameron has gone for his typical Brad Binder in third place for the main race. Oh, did he? Yeah, he did. Oh, I'm going to change mine then. Okay, wait, who who did you go for? You went for Binder as well, okay. Yeah, so I'm going to change it. I'm going to go for... That might be a stupid mistake, but... I'm going to go with Bagnaia in third. Who are you going for? I'm not changing it to uh, Fabio Quattararo. Oh, okay. Uh, the longest straight of the year, or one of? He, Yamaha's won it. True, before. good point. Good Bastianini point, good point. winning it last year, but before that it's been Yamaha's. So. That is a good point, good point. So, second place, I've gone with Bastianini. <sighs> to beat Bashi to beat Bangnaya. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Cameron's gone for Martin. Who are you going for? I've also gone for Bastianini. For God's sake. Well, I just think it will be. A re- I'm hoping it's a return to form. Yeah, And obviously too. he's won there before. So yeah. Like yeah, it makes sense. I think, yeah, it does make sense. Like, logically, it does make sense. Okay, and for the win, I've gone Martin. Cameron's gone Bastianini, and you're going to go for? Martin. Nice, okay. He's going to do it so all. Yeah, he's taking the 37. Yeah, you've not even put him on the podium. You've not even put Bainara on the podium. No. Um, I think both of them have mistakes left in them. Yeah, I do too. But I dem- genuinely do. I'm going with that fourth place last weekend was Jorge Martin's mistake. Yeah, it's a fluke. I think. Because I think tyre pressures played into it. I think he was worried. And now by now he's got tyre pressures. Yeah. I think he was worried. I think he knew he had to stay back off of Bagnaia once he knew he couldn't get past him. And, yeah. you know, obviously he got tyre pressures the week before in Thailand when they were battling with each other. So he probably knew himself that if he'd stayed in that battle with Bagnaia, he probably would have got another one and received a penalty. So best mm. thing to do is... Stay where you are in fourth place, not get the three-second penalty, because that means then if he was to get another penalty before the end of the season, he'd be disqualified from the race. And you don't want that to yeah. decide the championship. So No. thing is, with these tyre pressures, it's just 
MotoGP's way of ruining the racing even further. Yeah, because... <laughs> could have had a great battle. <laughs> literally, but I think that's... In my head, anyway, that's what I'm putting down to Jorge Martin not fighting with Pecker. Yeah, and now Pecker has now got to worry about it because he said he was going to play the Joker at Qatar and just decimate Martin there, but now he can't. Because basically, Pecker was going to play the Joker and maybe get a warning at Qatar with only one round left for tyre pressures, but now he can't. He's on equal terms with Martin. So yes. it's going to be very interesting. Shot himself in the foot. I just, you know, there's five riders on the grid now that it's going to mm. affect. Or full-time riders, Marini. I should say. Because Marini's I know um, Batista got one and Lacuna got one, so that's not really going to affect things. But there's, no. I think that leaves five riders then that that could really affect the outcome. Yeah. Well, Lacuna's um, racing this weekend as well, isn't he? Yeah, but it's not going to affect the outcome of the race. No, it's not. Um, no. But say, you know, if Alicia or Luca Marini or Bastianini or now Bagnaia Martin, if Eric Vinales as well is on one, you know, if any of them are up there within the top five and get mm. a penalty, that's going to change the outcome of the race. For Oh, yeah. And it'll affect one rider well and the other rider not very well in terms yeah. of the championship. So. Yeah, it's very interesting to see how it plays out. It's annoying, but I hope... It is annoying. <laughs> well, when you look at it, there's not that many riders on the grid that have got them. So what is everyone yeah. else doing to not, not get pushing. penalties? Maybe not pushing as hard or... It's weird, isn't it? Yeah, I don't get it. But maybe I just... I can't wrap my head around tire pressures anyway, so... <laughs> maybe that's why <laughs> no, that makes sense yeah well I, I think that's all we've got time for um, yeah I would say so yeah shouldn't have said oh let's do a half an hour podcast and we're now 54 minutes in <laughs> well there was still quite a lot to talk about in fairness yeah there was to be fair and that Rory Skinner news did just get announced right before we yeah. sat time to record so I feel like you know yeah that definitely threw a spanner in the work, shall we say. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I hope you've enjoyed listening. And I will be back. We will be back next time after Qatar. Whoa. Have you just sacked what? me off this podcast? Wait, what did you say? <laughs> you said, I, I will say? be back. And I was oh, like, oh, sorry. This sorry. is where we, we... announced it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Lauren's out. Right? No, no, we, we no are said back. I'll not be back next week. Yeah, we are back. <laughs> next yeah, weekend. on... Um, good times next week i think the race is at like 5 p.m or something oh i can't wait the amount of sleepless nights over for another year thank god this yeah this flyaway part of the season has been the worst yeah ever oh god so bad but yeah thank you for listening (laughs) yeah sorry thanks guys (laughs) (laughs) thank you bye bye